recruitment is essentially pretty simple. People try and overcomplicate it because they're trying to sell you a course for this or a course for that or, or a video, you know, course, whatever. When actually, really, essentially, it's just being a good middle person between two stakeholders. You know, we've got two customers. Yeah. We've got a candidate that we don't charge at all, to, you know, obviously totally free, and we've got a client. Welcome to Founder Metrics by Vested, the podcast where we dive into the world of hotshot business leaders and the metrics that drive their game-changing companies forward. I'm your host, Ifti Nasser, CEO and founder of Vested. How do you turn a £500 startup into a £100 million business empire? Today's guest, Simon Gardner, did exactly that as co-founder and director at Carrington West. Carrington West is one of the country's leading recruitment and provides specialist talent projects involved in our highways, transport network, town planning, water and power infrastructure, and much more. But above and beyond all that, the company has received recognition for creating a culture with a difference, a factor that lies behind the strength and success of Carrington West. Simon, great to have you on the show. Do you want to give us a little bit of intro to yourself? Yeah, so I co-founded Carrington West initially alongside James Fernandez. About a year or so after we were joined by um, Alex Kerr and Nick Rowe as partners as well. And that was, uh, they joined us summer 2012. We founded the company in January 2011. Humble beginnings, you know, we bootstrapped the business. We had uh, no, we had, you know, no prior investment at all. And, you know, we've grown it from a, you know, garage startup which i'm sure we'll go yeah. into but we started it in a garage literally and we had fingerless gloves because january's pretty cold and we were trying to type and make calls at the same time and it was a whirlwind start but um but yeah we, we've grown to uh, you know as you quite rightly said we've, we've grown to 110 people Brilliant. and uh, you know each and every one of them goes to war each day for the you know for the mission and the shared vision of the business and you know we're really proud to be part of it Brilliant. So tell me a bit more about that that startup time. I mean, you famously in the Express newspaper, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you started with £500. Tell us more about that and why. I've seen that one. Yeah. Why did you do that? So that article, I think they, they got the knickers in a twist slightly, but £500 was what we we started to pay ourselves a month. But that was after 14 months. So for the first 14 months, personally, we didn't draw a salary at all. Then after 14 months, we, we finally managed to start paying ourselves £500 a month. We started the business with 10 grand and we plan to hold fire on actually leaving our previous employer probably another three or four months. But um, my business partner, James, went into his end of year review. And, you know, at that particular company, an end of year review takes all day to prepare for. <laughs> and I think he just didn't didn't want to do it. And he walked in and he quit about three or four months too early, to be honest. I was actually at the cinema that day. It was a Monday. I you know, took, a, you know, took a day's leave, came out of the cinema, turned on my phone. and. It was all, all, all hell was breaking loose. Yeah, missed calls, text messages. James, I can't believe James has left my mind. But someone had to do something, you know. And t- to be fair, you know, knowing James and, you know, integrity is a, is a key cornerstone of his character. It runs through our company. Yeah. It's how we've built it. And he's not going to go into, a, you know, the next 12 months and plan out the next 12 months with his bosses at the time, essentially knowing full well that he's not going to be part of it. So, so, yeah, so we actually, you know, left with... £10,000, but that was to start the business and to run our own lives. I had a mortgage. You know, it must have been fun. <laughs> oh, it was a nightmare, I'll, I'll be honest. But it, it was fun. You, fun, fun, is, fun is the word. 
and you don't know how fun it is until you look back in the moment it's really stressful. Yeah. You know, it's probably like running a marathon, you know, in the last mile, you're never going to do it again. But actually looking back, you think, well, I'm going to book up for next year. You know, it's, it's one of those. And I think that's kind of how I remember it. It was, you know, fond memories. It was in the garage. We literally had, as I said, two laptops, our personal laptops, our mobile phones, um, and, you know, no heating essentially. So, um, so yeah, the, the summer there was very, very hot. The winter <laughs> was very, very cold. And we, we had like a totalizer on a whiteboard of, the placements we needed to make to get ourselves our own office and around about month six or seven we we built up this residual kind of um you know kind of pot of of uh, revenue to be able to pay ourselves a really small salary and then someone that we used to work with at our previous employer became available and in the year since we'd in the six months since we would left he left about a year before us so we hadn't seen him for about 18 months he went off to do something else he was looking to get back into the industry and it seemed like a no-brainer so we we offered him a role, so we forgave ourselves, you know, any salary, you know, that we, you know, had had originally planned to pay ourselves, and um, found a bit more, paid it to him, and for whatever reason, he was almost a completely different person. It just just didn't work out. Maybe. So yeah, so you know, there was real real ups and downs, and it was three days before Christmas of our first year, so December eleven, and there was three of us just sort of sat there, and we were like, look, we the we have literally run out of money here. We either fold this company. And all just go and get jobs, or you know, um, he he moves on, and we and we 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 start again essentially, and that's kind of what we did. Um, Can I just hold you there? I mean, yeah, you, you we were talking beforehand about the number of recruitment agencies yeah. that there are there, and you yeah. you told me there's some thirty nine to forty thousand UK, yeah, in yeah, the UK. Yeah. That's an incredible number. Yeah, what gave you the the confidence or the courage? To think not just one, yeah, yeah, not just the first time that you'd get into this this game as ind independently, yeah. But then, when everything had gone so t difficultly, yeah, first time, do it again, yeah. So, you know, we weren't, we didn't, we didn't start again, start again. We had our, you know, our CRM, we had our history, we, you know, we 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 built up a year's worth of data, a year's worth of effort, but essentially, we were back down to two, um, and you know, we again, we weren't getting paid, but I think. I think naivety plays a big part. <laughs> I think it's something that shouldn't be, I think it should be, you know, a, a founder's naivety is, is a, is a real secret weapon. Um, I think if we knew what we <laughs> knew, yeah, if we look back, we, we, you know, I wouldn't want to do this again. I, I, I really don't think <laughs> I could ever do anything like this again. Um, but the journey is so long and so winding that when you, when you, you know, when you look back, you think, Christ, we've come, we've come a long way. And I think, you know, in the employed version of your role, if you go and do something very similar, and I know you're going to, you know, your, 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 your clients are genuine founders and, you know, maybe they might invent something or they might create something that's never been done. But in my world, a lot of it is just, you know, going into the self-employed or the, or building something, you know, that you've had the employed version of, you think, you know, you think, you know, the full life cycle yeah. of the operation. You don't know 15% of it. So naivety played a big part. Um, and literally we had no choice. We had no choice. We'd create, we've, we've created what I call an, you know, an NFC. The N stands for no, and the C stands for choice. I'll let, I'll let you decide what the F stands for. What, what could that F be? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I, I give this talk quite often to my local university, the university yeah. I went to, Portsmouth, and they, that really resonates with them. We'd create a no choice situation where we'd, you know, we'd, you know, to run our interim contract payroll. 
um, we'd have to do, we, you know, we, we had to guarantee, we were, we, we were the personal guarantors of, of about 70K each, mm. um, which back then, obviously, you know, it was, it was a huge amount of money, especially when you're driving around in a, a 200 pound <laughs> car, which I had after we handed our company cars back. You less compliant, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, the only asset we had that the bank would take were our, were our homes, you know? So we've got our homes on the line and we, we're running a contract, interim contract book of, you know, interim professionals. Most people set up a recruitment company with permanent fees. You don't have to factor. You don't have to invoice discount. So we had all that risk. We had all, you know, and, and we had the social stigma of we left a company of 500 people and they ensured that there were some personalities there that called us a flash in the pan. It won't last. We were scoffed at. Yeah, you, so uh, they, they didn't want you to succeed. They didn't want us to succeed. You, you succeeding would um, create it would, a, it would light the, the way. The challenge. It, it, would, yeah. it would light the way. And, you know, you know, thankfully that company now is, you know, they look after their team a lot better, but at the time it was disastrous and hence us succeeding would have been very, very difficult for them. And, and it has been. So yeah, we, we, we used, you know, a bit of carrot, a bit of stick, um, and, um, and, and we fought on and, you know, we had, it's amazing what you can achieve when you've just got no choice. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> but t- talking about the, the no choice, at what stage did you realize that you actually were going to make it out and what was it that the inventory the board of uh customer uh, clients and yep. placements that you'd made what was it that allowed you to think yeah we're heads above water well you know i don't think we ever stopped thinking you know i mean I, i'm i'm led by you know a huge amount of drive to achieve a vision we work very very hard on our on our, on our company-wide vision but i'm also led by quite a lot of fear you know, and even on the train on the way up here, I'm thinking, imagine if it all went tomorrow. So we never truly, you know, the minute you think you've made it or, or you're out of the woods, I think complacency sets in and you can start to go so backwards. Without doubt, without doubt, Sam, I fully agree with you. But yeah. I guess there must have been a point, the first point yeah. at which you thought, gosh, we're not in daily jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're now in a, a, you know, we're over that hump. What, what, what was that? So. I think, you know, we, we've had various offices, let's say, and, and I think each little milestone for me is when we move into a new space in our building yeah. or, you know, we knock a wall down or whatever. And I think we were in sort of, you know, Regis type, you know, week to week kind of offices. After we moved from the garage, we had to change our environment. No one, you know, no one's going to join our company with, you know, still in a garage. And, and, and I remember moving into an office, which was our first proper lease. It was like 18 seats or whatever. And we moved in and we only had sort of nine people, 10 people. And I thought, are we going to? we're going to fill this up you know we've just taken extra space now for 160 wow. um and, and i think you know each of those little milestones you you kind of look back on you think yeah you know we're, we're on a journey here something's happening um but you know and i'm sure we'll come on to talk about the vision but it was really that christmas 2011 that we actually you know pivoted what we were doing you know we we up to that point you know we just let our friend go with the back down to two of us he just literally had his first child. It was three days before Christmas. Couldn't be much worse. It was a real low point, to be honest. And over though, you know, over that two week break, I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I was, I was considering, you know, maybe looking for, you know, uh, you know, job back in recruitment. I, I, is this going to work? Yeah. There's some real self doubt creeping in. And we, we did, we, we, we'd been planning and we'd been trying to build a recruitment company when actually what attracts the best talent, what, attracts the best talent you know with experience what attracts the best raw attributes 
into our business is to become an attractive place to work. So, in, and, and that was your pivot. Exactly. So it took us about a year to work out. Actually, we, we've been we've been building a recruitment company that you know on far less resources, far newer brand, and we're trying to emulate these recruitment companies that have been yeah. doing it for forty years with five hundred million pounds in the bank. It's not gonna. We're not going to be able to compete. So what we did, we we pivoted to try and become the best place in the UK to work. We wanted to in best place full stop or best full, place from a recruitment stop. perspective. So best place full stop was our was our goal. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go for, if you're gonna try and create a, a great place to work, yeah. why not just put the best one? You know, I believe <laughs> I believe some goals should be you know achievable. Maybe ten to fifteen percent of your goals should be fairly unachievable. Yeah, you know, aspirational, aspirational. So it's it's um. That you know, that's that's what we did, and and from so for the last eleven years, we've been trying to create the best place in the UK to work that happens to be a recruitment company. Yeah. So no longer are we looking at you know what X, Y, and Z recruitment up the road do or whatever. We're looking at the best employees in the UK, maybe Europe, um, and we're trying to you know um, ascertain what's what's good to you know um, take from other businesses. What you know what what really makes Carrington West Carrington West, um, and. In November 2022, um, as you mentioned in the yeah. intro there, we actually did win essentially what is the UK's best employer, the Investors and People um, Platinum Company of the Year. So only 2,000 companies in the UK have got the platinum status. Um, and if you've got it, you go into a, an assessment as to who's the best. We, and, we, and we won it. We won it on my 40th birthday. Um, <laughs> Congratulations so, again. <laughs> so, it, you know, these things is... is aspirational as they may seem given a given a, a length of time and a drive to achieve it and have a, having a hundred people all pulling in the same direction towards it um and repeating the vision and, and evangelizing what's going to happen if we do x y and z you, you can actually achieve quite a bit um, so yeah but some people would just hold that up as a a bit of a trophy no yeah, yeah. I, I run the uh, the best company to work for but how does that have an impact on day-to-day -day business clients retention of staff because i guess you're in a, a space that's notorious for people moving around even you guys yeah exactly. started life by moving yeah, on yeah so um is it the is it the cause or or, or is it the effects i'm not too sure but our, our retention is um usually north of 90 percent annually wow compared to industry norms 50 percent of... possibly right. um you know and especially in the you know now you know, very, very rarely, probably one in 10 of our hires have got any experience whatsoever. So if you're looking at, you know, brand new people to the recruitment industry in the first 12 months, the dropout rate's probably, you know, 50%, maybe even more. And we managed to retain 90%. And what that means is, you know, we, we, we're not a generalist recruiter. We're, we're, a, we're a technical recruitment company that specialize solely in the built environment in the yeah. UK. Typically, we do, you know, bits and bobs uh, in Europe, but typically in the UK, so rail, highways water uh, infrastructure buildings this, this sort of thing and what happens is if you if you've got someone that's been with you for seven or eight years in a really inch wide mile deep industry yeah they actually become a stakeholder in that industry that happened again just to be a recruiter so a lot of our consultants get asked to speak on panels uh present at industry bodies mm -hmm. you know the rtpi which is the royal town planning institute we've we've sponsored numerous you know galas and, and awards and we speak at their events same with the cihT which is the Chartered Institute of highways and transportation professionals rail as well and and that that is born out of really looking after the individual team member knowing what their personal goals are helping them try and to achieve 
within reason what you know what they're looking to achieve outside of work and so that they can intrinsically see that their future and everything they want to, to achieve is is going to be helped by the company so that goes back to the whole notion of being the best place to work it's not just about having a yeah, coffee machine and a snooker table no, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about looking after the individual's aspirations yeah. Yeah, yeah. and supporting that uh, yeah. endeavor that's brilliant that really is something for uh, as a takeaway it's something that i think we, we certainly try and do at vested but it is something i think with your uh inspiration i'm going to go back with a you know doubled up uh yeah. attention to that can we just change tracks a, a little bit Simon, and just uh pick up on the fact that you know along with that support for your team you actually seem to give quite a lot back to uh society as you were saying you do the the training at the university mm-hmm. as well and you've got your own uh entrepreneurial program level out level out level up yeah you want to tell us about those two yeah, so one actually resulted, it was a result of, you know, the other essentially. So, I mean, I mean, as a business, we do a huge amount with with the local community. Um, we sponsor the university, our local university sports teams, all 86 teams. We assist in, a, in, a, in an organisation called Shaping Portsmouth, which is links between Portsmouth Football Club, the council, um, and probably 15 or 20 local uh, businesses, including ours. They look at everything from child literacy levels to um, nutrition to, you know, um, anything which can aid uh, and, you know, help the local community and, um, you know, become a better place to live yeah. and, and work. So we, we, we're you know, fully invested in that. And myself, I, I was asked to um, do one or two talks at the university, you know, ha- having graduated from there. What, what, <laughs> a few years ago. A few years ago. Um, and as a result, they, uh, myself and, I think there's about 20 of us now are what they call entrepreneurs in residence. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've got, I've got a three year contract, those guys to, to help for free, by the way, they'll pay my parking, which, um, so I, I sort of go in maybe once a quarter, do some talks, do, do some bits and bobs. And I was writing this content and putting this content together. Um, and, and I, they found it very, very valuable. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, to go to uni these days, you either need to become, you know, you need to either be from a, a fairly wealthy family or comfortable with taking on 60 days worth mm-hmm. of debt before you've even started. Um, yeah. so, and the rest. Yeah, exactly. So um, I thought to myself, you know, if I'm writing this and it's just sat in my, in, in my inbox, why can't I, um, you know, tailor it to uh, individuals that maybe couldn't afford that and the impact that that could have? <clears throat> so... The Level Out, Level Up program is started, we're just about to go into sort of like a beta phase, if you like, with Portsmouth City Council. And they're going to, they're going to, so it's going to be six one hour sessions covering everything from, you know, how to set a vision, how to set goals, how to, how to create a a more meaningful network and maybe, um, you know, avoid, um, you know, a network that's going to, you know, essentially send you down the wrong path. and this is aimed at, um, you know, hopefully I can get the feedback from from the local authority next year, looking to take it, you know, national. Wow! So there's a there's a there's a page so on my website. So will this be online? Yeah. Well, there's a there's a so there's a page on my website now where you can register interest for that, and it's aimed at two groups initially, what they call NEAT, so not in education, um, employment, or training, of which, believe it or not, there's nine hundred thousand of those uh, got you know guys in the UK now. Um, and that's only going to increase as, as you know, dark economic clouds mm. seem to be gathering. Um, and young offenders, 
Um, and the reason for that was because, you know, when I was 19, I got uh, caught up in uh, some some issues with the with, with the law. Um, and, you know, it was only my own doing. Um, and I ended up doing some community service. And that that although it was fairly minor, it was a real um, wake up call for me. And I remember actually um, being, you know, being on this community yeah. service program. And I remember sat there uh, on on the sort of lunch break or whatever they did, you know, gave you. Um, and I remember writing down some steps as to how I was going to get myself out of this mess. You know, my parents were angry at me. You know, I, I'd let myself down. Um, and looking back, they, they were the first sort of goals that I'd written, um, although not really realizing it at the time. And I'm 40 now. So for 21 years, I've been practicing my own sort of method of, of you know, creating a vision um, and, and, and goals and put, making sure that, you know, these goals are in your, you're in, you know, actually yeah. in your schedule. Um, and actually, I've, I've read lots of books on it and I've studied, you know, um, how, how to how to um, better your life with with, you know, daily intent. But actually, if I can take what's in my mind and what I've done um, and I can, you know, try and repurpose some of this content that I'm doing anyway for the university. Hopefully, exactly that. So, um, you know, you know, there's there's also a kind of notion, especially in the UK, where people think that, you know, entrepreneurialism and, and you know, success, let's call it, um, is reserved for, you know, people that are, you know, fairly special, you know, people that are prop, you know, may, maybe privately mm. educated or you know, extremely intelligent or already very rich. Um, that's not the case. You know, no. I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm proof in the pudding. That <laughs> well, great ideas come yeah. from lots of different places. And that, that's a really, mm. you know, thanks for sharing that, by the way, Sam, because you, you, you uh, were obviously in a tough place then when you, uh, it was all my own that, doing. But it you sounds know, like it yeah, was yeah. a quite a pivotal period. It was, it was point. Look, looking back, probably one of the best things that ever happened, you know, in the long run to me, um, you know, it was a big wake up call. Um, and I think, you know, if I can um, help other people, you know, out of that, you know, I mean, that could have been a really slippery slope one yeah, way. Yeah, you could have um, gone uh, exactly either way. Yeah, exactly that. So, um, but, you know, um, if my experience means that I'm, you know, more validated in the eyes of the the people that hopefully will receive this information, hopefully it will, um, you know, have a good impact. Well, for, for want of a better word, yeah, you've got cred. Yeah. And uh, you, you've been there, done it, and... Uh, you, you've found a way out that uh, yeah. is worthy of sharing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's brilliant. You talk, just pulling you back for a second. So that stuff that you're doing with the community, I re really admire. But you talked about um, the notion of dark days at the moment. Being in recruitment, it must be a, a bellwether for how the economy is doing at yeah. the moment. You know, I guess there will be this feeling across the, the sector but do you want to give us a feel for what it's looking like out there yeah so um we ha have started to see unfortunately one or two clients go into administration um you know with varying degrees of exposure on our part <laughs> which is all, always really sad especially you know some of the you know i mean one or two of them are you know large household names so there's always that kind of worry but you are right recruitment is at the literally at the very pinpoint of of the barometer of yeah. what's going to potentially happen because even down to you know if we've got three or four interviews at one of our clients and there's a there's a management meeting in that client they can come out that afternoon and cancel those interviews and you think right that's real time something's happening here in real yeah. time real world you know 
information's coming through that they don't want to grow further. They're looking to consolidate. In fact, maybe they don't want to replace people. Maybe they, 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 they're using people that might leave as a, as a bit of a welcome shrinkage. Mm. What's going on? We also deal with the town planning industry um, and m many of our clients are local authorities. So that's fairly stable. But the interim town planning market, will will that is at the absolute pinpoint of the pinpoint because, um, you know, town planning applications yeah. are, are, you know, at the very, very start, just after feasibility of, of, of some sort of projects, they start to dip. Um, then our, then our, you know, the requirement for interim assistance at a professional level in the planning industry also starts to dip. Mm. So there's some movement there as well. So um, we'll have to wait and see. But I think, you know, the past six months have still been fairly stable, even though things have, you know, I mean, it's certainly not, you know, certainly not a recession. It's not, it's not, you know, dark days necessarily. It's just a bit cloudier than it was last right. year, let's so say. It's a bit cloudier. Uh, it's a bit cloudier. I, I guess um, what you will also do is you, you'll be at the, yeah, you were talking about the, the point of the pinpoint, but you actually might be ahead of the curve as well because it's when the sentiment is more positive, even though yep. reality hasn't become more positive. People may well be looking to recruit those people who are going to help yep. move the ball forward. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and I think, you know, I mean, in the last two or three years since the pandemic, most of our, especially on the permanent side, permanent placements that we make, most of those have been in with, you know, with SMEs, you mm. know, that, that almost reflect us. So, you know, my, most of our best clients reflect us in terms of, you know, values and size mm. and drive. And there's always some aggressive SMEs looking to take market share, you know, so, so there's always movement there. But even in the past sort of six or so months, you know, as, as it's got a bit cloudier, let's say, you know, the, the desire of the candidates to come into London five days a week or to go from Manchester to Leeds or whatever, yeah. it started to tail off. You know, people understandably want to ring fence their own personal time a bit more and things have changed. So candidates, even though the market is, is turned slightly, you know, the candidates aren't willing to do what they used to do in 2017 or 18. So it's still very, it's, it's still quite difficult for these organizations to identify the, the, you know, the people that are willing to do X, Y, and Z themselves. So they, they still needed agency support because the willingness of the candidates mm. slightly changed. So when you look at the business now and the health of the business, what are the things that give you the, the gauge of how things are? I mean, clearly there's a, the point that you made around the, the team, the engagement, and the surveys that you do, which yep. will be great yep. to pick up on a, in a second. But if we can start with the business aspect of it, maybe the financial, what is it that's your North Star from a business perspective? Yep. So, you know, in, in tough times during the pandemic, we were looking at average debtor days as a, as a, right. as a real KPI to, to, you know, to look at. We've got a finance director that is excellent. He's got an excellent team there. Um, they work really, really hard to keep our, our average debt days to a certain to a certain level. But that's obviously that's obviously result. You know, I drum into my team to almost ignore the result and let's look at the process. So I'm a very process driven person. We've got other directors in the business that just focus on the result and that and that's fine. Yeah. I look at the metrics at the front end. So I look at you know the outbound activity of you know of the team. You know, I I look at the number of conversions that we're making. I look at ratios of you know in the in the recruitment industry interview to, to to placements a big ratio how many interviews we have to arrange 
right. for for offers. Oh, so how many offers data is big driver for you? Yeah, it's key. It's absolutely key. And um, you know, system use. We use a system called Voyager, which is an excellent system. And those guys are based in Basingstoke. They've got sort of fifty thousand users around the world, including Australia and things. And you know, I'd highly recommend mm-hmm. that system as a as a as a recruitment specific CRM. Um, and we, you know, we've we've got really under the bonnet of that system and we really look into, you know, the data and the metrics. It's all there. But it's like any it's like any metric or any system. When you've got a hundred users, um, some are better at it than others, and the data that comes out is only as good as yeah. the is the is the in the moment effort that that to, to obviously record that data at the front end. No, uh, yeah. If you've got all those uh, numbers yeah. coming in, that data set is uh just building up and up. Yeah. The, the other mm-hmm. thing that I was intrigued about is this, um, the other metric or other gauge that you have, which is around your employees and the surveys. I know many businesses do surveys on a monthly basis yeah. or fortnightly. How, how do you gauge the temperature of the team? Yeah. So just like that, really, I suppose we used to save it up, you know, every six months we used to um, survey our, our, our team. We used to survey our clients and our candidates. And, you know, that's great. And, and you know, if you do nothing, I suggest yeah. suggest doing that to start with. But really, that's a snapshot in time. And once that data is printed, it's almost out of date. You know, things yeah. can move really quickly, especially if you've got a bit of remote working or whatever. You know, especially after a large engagement event, we, we do a few a year. It's obviously going to spike, isn't yeah. it? So so we, we've now found um, uh, a system where we ask one question of each team member per day. Is um, it the same one that you ask everybody? It's the same one. So everyone gets the same one. Um, and it's rating, I believe, of, of one to one to ten. And we we measure sort of twelve key pillars, you know, team engagement, um, quality of the management, um, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and each question we ask is a slightly different variant of one of the pillars. And over time, and over time you can build up uh, a really good picture of, you know how each of the pillars of uh, you know are being rated and you and you can jump on any issues so are these they, usually non- to- um, totally anonymous anonymous to- totally anonymous which i think is key because i think you get genuine feedback yeah. um there's also so but then how do you act on it if it's anonymous and so that that's the challenge um but generally the trend so so you, you can you can see per team so if one team is obviously rating their management you know uh, slightly amber maybe red you can kind of jump on any so issues. So you can there. see teams, but not individuals. You can see teams, not individuals. Um, there's also, you know, there's also the the ability to, you know, like a free text box to just make suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we get suggestions from, you know, there's never enough teaspoons to <laughs> why don't we completely change the way that we look at this particular process and and obviously everything in between. You know, some of our best suggestions have, have come from that, you know, come from that app. So they can either ask each each question. Uh, answer each question daily or they can save them all up to a friday whatever but they're really prompted to to keep giving feedback and i think you know the key is to you know lots of companies say that they seek feedback and that's and that's great quite often they'll they'll you know they'll they'll remonstrate with the answer or they'll stick their head in the sand about it and it's about yeah. really taking you know some of the some of the general trends and really jumping on them early um and you know essentially you know, if they're at the coalface and they're and they're and they're doing the do much more than than you know than we are, and they come up with a great great idea, it's that's a gift, and we can yeah. we, you know we can jump on it. There's those suggestions for improving the business. There's those suggestions where 
the the business is maybe not doing what it could do from a personal perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we get it all. So we've asked forty thousand questions in the past twelve months. You know, if you if you add it all up, and um, you know, some some answers are, you know, borderline hilarious, and some are some are really valid. So it's about sifting through, you know, what's what's a knee jerk reaction and what's and what's a general trend. And I think you know the the whole algorithm can tell you straight yeah. away. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean the. The insights that you get from your own team is, is brilliant. What, what about your, your clients? What sort of feedback do you request or seek from, yeah. from them? So we, we, we survey our clients every six months and, you know, they come up with some, you know, great suggestions as well. We, we prompt people to, you know, so, I mean, some of our people have been dealing with, with clients in a, in a personal relationship for, you know, seven, eight years now. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's the beauty of the, of the team retention number as well, because the relationship becomes more honest, you know, and it, and it becomes a relationship where you can ask face to face. You can ask, you know, the awkward questions, how yeah. am I doing? How, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the longer the, the longer relationship lasts, the more honest feedback you're going to get from your clients. And that's key because if someone's, you know, if someone's willingness to, you know, to offer some, you know, genuine feedback, usually it's what most people are thinking. They just haven't said yeah, it. It's, so worth, it's, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, yeah exactly. You mentioned also um, that you now take on people who've not got any background in um, recruitment. Isn't that a risk? Because if all your competitors are poaching from another, because it sounds like yeah, that from yeah. uh, the fact that you've got such within the sector, yeah. you have such short uh, longevity. So are you not leaving yourselves exposed? It's going to take three, six months to get that person up to speed in the nuts and bolts of the business yeah so um <clears throat> all longer sometimes it can take um that's the thing we we you know we're not a hire and fire type of company you know we we you know when 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 we're setting budgets we don't really put too much in for the first three to six months of any new hire yeah. um especially if they're you know fresh out of uni or whatever um what we found you know our first 12 15 hires were just essentially our mates um <laughs> because Partly because we knew no different. Partly because we were, you know, we we were servicing clients and you know making placements ourselves, and that that's more than a full time job sometimes. And then you've got to run the company, and you know, if you had then had to do a sort of whole a whole training schedule for someone brand new, it'd just be too much. Mm. So we didn't actually have the, the you know the the, the, the time or the resources, yeah, exactly to 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 train new people. So our, fir our first fifteen really set the tone for the business and pretty much everyone to a person is still there um you know 10 years later that's brilliant. so they've now become senior managers um and that's really obviously helped you know solidify the culture because you know the you know it, it, it's it's from the top down mm -hmm. but now we've got the you know we've got the the kind of luxury if you like to really look for the right people um you know you know the wrong person that's got three years recruitment experience is is you know and that's the thing you know you know recruitment is essentially pretty simple um people try and overcomplicate it because they're trying to sell you a course for this or a course for that or or a video you know uh, course whatever when actually really essentially it's just being a good middle person between two stakeholders you know we've got two customers yeah. we've got a candidate that we don't charge at all to you know, obviously totally free and we've got a client and it's it's essentially this of of, of course there's loads of nuances You're and the there's broker. loads of Exactly that. Yeah, ex exactly. So people try and overcomplicate it, but we look for the right people with the right personal attributes. Um, and we test for it. There's, you know, there's minimum two, two rounds of interviews, sometimes a third. 
um there's psychometric tests etc etc and there's no right or wrong you know we we're, we're, we're looking for the right people because it's not an easy job yeah you know you, i mean you can earn some pretty decent sums of money and but by the time you're 25 and if if it was if it was easy there'd be there'd be a queue of people around the you know the block and we're obviously the uk's best employer yeah. at the moment we're the best employer in our local community as well you know we've been voted the the best recruitment company to work for twice we still find it hard to recruit and, and we find it hard to recruit because it's not easy and we're very very honest with yeah. that you know i've got this well-worn speech in both interviews that i do round one and round two essentially trying to put them off it you know and if they can come through that you know you know they're serious because it's not easy and it gets easier it gets yeah. easier in recruitment there's a there's a strange sort of dichotomy in recruitment really where you know the longer you're there um and the more you'll pay the easier the job gets which is not always the case is it in in certain industries you know the more difficult and complex the job gets that's when you start to mm. so what what are those two or three uh things that you look at yeah so um interpersonal skills what yeah so um resilience is the resilience. first one that's absolutely key because you you'll get knocked back every day and some of the best recruiters i've i've seen use the knockbacks to as almost a you know like a like a secret weapon you know they go and then create two more opportunities as a result and those people can't be beaten but um yeah resilience determination the ability to listen i think is absolutely key you know if you think about the typical recruiter um you know you might not think of someone that actually mm. listens uh necessarily they you know they talk before they listen um and some of our some of our best people are really quite introverted people you know so we do get these you know used car salesman type people <laughs> through through the doors and they're just not gonna that's that's not what the clients are looking for it's not you're not going to succeed based on that so tell me what's the what's the future looking like obviously you, you had great growth track record of growth as a business yeah. never mind about the uh success with your um with the, with the team what's the future looking like for you now what, yeah. what, what are the big changes so we're looking to we're looking to grow further you know we you know we get this question a lot we get this you know i get the question of how how much longer are you going to do it for in my mind you know looking back it's been a hell of a long road you know there's been you know, we we sort of spoke off camera yeah. just before. You know, you, my my personal life doesn't look anything like it did when I first started. You know, there's been lots of change. Um, oh, you just had a weekend at Centre Parks. Just had a weekend at Centre Parks. That you know sort of tells you all you need to know. Um, but um, you know, for me, you can look back and think, "Oh my God!" You know, look how far we've come. Or you can look back and think, "Right, we've built a platform here. You know, we've built a platform mm. that now we can compete nationally." Whereas prior to that. You know, maybe we were, you know, fairly sort of, you know, more S than 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 M on, you know, when, you know, when it comes to SME. You know, we were a small company, and now we're a, you know, a more of a medium-sized company, and we've built a platform. And it would be a huge shame and a huge waste to have spent over a decade building a platform and then, you know, to to see someone else score in the last ten yeah. minutes. You know, so really, we're 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 looking to we're looking to grow. Every day I'll go in for me, it's day one. You know, we, we, we only look back to, there's a bit of reassurance that we're doing the right thing. We're very, very vision-based. You know, there's a lot of science in, in setting a big vision and how it can really sort of, you know, help with the collaboration yeah. of the team and drive everyone forward. And we've just extended our office space, which I don't know how many companies in the UK have done that. Maybe we're stupid. Not um, not too many. Not too many. Last, no, uh, no, six months, definitely. No, no, exactly. So we've just got uh, an extra sixty seats. Um, we've we've taken down 
we've uh, got half of half of Nextall's office. They vacated, as quite sensibly they 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 would have done. And we, you know, we we're looking to grow. We want to get to three hundred people. What sort of time horizon? I don't know. We 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 like personally. I like fifteen to twenty percent a year is is what I like. I think any more, you're starting to really dilute mm-hmm. or could potentially dilute the you know the culture. Back in the day, we could we could double each year with without too much stress or strain because of you know the you know the numbers and the heads were a bit smaller any more than sort of 20 percent growth with such a strong culture really leaves yourself open and up to diluting that culture has to be reinforced yeah. uh, quite considerably as you yeah. go along exactly. so what, what about the threats that are out there I mean, um 39,000 other businesses you, everybody's looking at you you've already uh, i guess published the the source code you've told everybody the 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 source of your success that's it people are going to be copying you um yeah i I think i think i think the information's out there i think where where other people struggle is the implementation of of of, you know the information everyone knows how to be a good employer um but unfortunately you know fundamentally some other people just don't understand it i think fundamentally you know especially in recruitment you'll find people um you know put themselves ahead of the team you might find they've named the company after themselves and that's fine, you know, or, or they're, you know, they fundamentally see themselves as the most important person in the room. Um, whereas for us, you know, I've got, you know, I see myself as ha- I've got 110 bosses. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. delegated to, um, I know that feeling <laughs> more, more than that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, some requests I carry out, some I just ignore, but you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, and, and, you know, Nick and Alex and Blaine and, and Gavin and James, you know, all, all of us in leadership positions, we're in a, we're in a service-based leadership role. Yeah. We lean into the service of the team. We're there as third parties. You know, we've got our customers, which we've got two, two stakeholders, clients and candidates, um, and then the team member. And we don't put any of those, you know, it's, it's a podium of one, 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 and then we're third or fourth, <laughs> you know, so we are, we are essentially, you know, um leading the team from from behind essentially and we're and we're you know hopefully helping drive the team forward you know, we're, we're a member of the team rather than you know a boss yeah but in terms of threats there's always a legislation changes you know there's there's always um you know we've just gone through um ir35 uh over the last four or five years first in the in the uh, public sector then in the private sector that was messed around with quite a bit does that impact not your uh, team themselves, but the the clients and the prospective candidates? Yeah. Those? So some, you know, most of what we do, most of our revenue, sort of seventy thirty, is is interim um, professional, you know, um, people that we second in. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some excellent, excellent people that do that. Um, and there's, you know, um, depending on which government is in charge at the time, you know, they 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 sometimes look you know, not very favorably on this kind of working arrangement when actually there's, there's millions of people that do it. And especially if you're, you know, if you're going into a recession, if you're coming out of a recession, you know, organizations want to grow. They want to, they want to win projects. Are they, you know, are these green shoots or are, or, or is this, is yeah. this a full blown recovery? To cover there. So, so, you know, to have someone on a week's notice um, and yeah, they, they might be paid slightly more, but you know, they don't get sick pay. They don't get holiday pay. They don't, you know, they, and, and they're excellent at what they do. You don't need to train them. You're buying yeah. in the expertise to to drive the business forward. They can come in and do some, you know, quite strong change management because they're not going to be there in six mm. months' time. Um, so, you know, um, some chancellors, re- you know, really like them. Some, some, you know, for whatever reason, try and 
uh, you know, clip the wings. There's all, there's always, there's always that challenge. Um, and, um, you know, there's, 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 you know, societal changes, isn't there? There's, you know, how, how people yeah. work and, you know, if there's like, if there's 10 lads in a room, it's, 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 you know, it's much easier to deal with if there's uh if there's a hundred people that are parents and, you know, sometimes grandparents yeah, right. and complexity. Exactly. So, you know, and it, and it's, you know, it's like any community, um, you know, we're part of a community that, you know, most of what we do isn't for ourselves. It's for, it's for the community. Mm. So, you know, we, we need to make sure that culture and that community is, is solid at any one point. Brilliant. So it looks like the future is bright. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, and I, seriously, I think, Cam, the way you've uh, put your, your team first yep. and then your clients and then you, I think is a, a brilliant philosophy. It's the one that I think um, many founders can learn a huge amount from. Yeah. Uh, and the the things that you look out for that help you gauge whether you're on the right right track uh, may not just be the the pure numbers of uh, dollars or well, pounds coming in. Yeah. It's those other softer issues yeah. that people need to pay the attention to. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. And um, good luck for the future. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Founder Metrics. Remember, even the biggest of ambitions are within your reach when you leverage the right strategies and metrics. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and never miss a future episode. You can visit vested.com Founder Metrics for additional resources, articles, and exclusive content. Join our growing community of entrepreneurs and founders by following us on LinkedIn or X. We'd love to hear your thoughts Let's continue to unlock the metrics of success, sharing, and create a brighter future.